Hey, look, I found you one. So accomplished. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just describe the game. Just. Hmm. How many moons do I have, Dave? Uh, I don't know. I mean, how many Not moons? Enough. How many? No, how many moons do I have in the in this level right now? Twenty-three. Uh, Twenty-three. <laughs> this is completely meaningless. Oh, the bird. You know that I bought 21 of those? <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I did it. Alrighty. Welcome back to the Why Do I Talk To You podcast. Uh, I'm still Solomon Starsheep 4. I'm still Dave Gamer Dave Naple. And uh, before we get started, um, Dave, I'd like to go ahead and just dedicate this episode uh, to the wonderful, wonderful man who actually made this episode possible, uh, basically. Yeah. That's very uh, true. This goes out to uh, Jeremy Cheap Weasel. Yeah. Uh, clearly by the title card, this episode is going to be all about Super Mario Odyssey uh, for the Nintendo Switch. Um, and it was literally purely by the goodness of his heart did he decide to just just sort of bless dave and i with the gift of a nintendo switch each yeah um it is it's rare that you find just somebody like that much less a friend yeah uh, who wants to do that so jeremy thanks so much um not not even just for this episode but you know for the other games that we've been playing on it and everything like that we all get to join together um, he is definitely going to be a guest coming very soon whenever he's in town next uh, on a podcast episode. So be watching out for that. We have a lot of good discussions together um, and uh, was is probably our, our only like most loyal fan currently <laughs> uh, for the podcast. So this definitely goes out to you, Jeremy. Very true. Thanks, Jeremy. So the Nintendo Switch, we got it. Yep. It is, uh, it is winning a lot of awards and accolades uh, for like being the highest selling console of all time and within like the first 10 months within the first 10 months yeah, yeah. In both japan and like the united states mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty crazy uh it is definitely uh quite the uh quite the revolution yeah. um not following um, well kind of sort of following the wii u's footsteps but just doing it better mm-hmm. um nintendo again just doing their own thing um and coming out with a string of really really good games that while we're at it yeah, it was really interesting because people were kind of complaining about the Switch's launch titles. I mean, it got Zelda, obviously, but they're like, oh, Zelda and what else? And yeah, it was kind of true. It was a little sparse there. But then we wound up getting a lot of good games. Like, a lot of people want to play Mario Kart 8 or Pokemon on the Switch because maybe they didn't play it on the Wii U or maybe they didn't get the DLC. Uh, and that sort of held you over until Mario and Rabbids, of all things, which won <laughs> all kinds of awards. I don't know how well it sold, actually, but... Uh, I'm excited to play it, thanks to my good buddy Saul here. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas to me. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. And uh, then, of course, Mario Odyssey, which was touted as, like, the Mario game. All right. So, um, <laughs> I got to be careful here. Yeah. I, this is this is going to be a really weird episode. <laughs> yeah. So, personally speaking... This is the first time, the very first time, that I have gotten a new Nintendo console roughly around when it was released, or at least extremely like close to the release date in, in my experience, and also got a, a, a brand new Mario title like on the release day, thanks to, thanks to the cloud, I was able to get it like as soon as it released. Yeah, because you were a PlayStation kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I've played all the Marios, um, I've beaten some of them too, but... Definitely not all of them. Uh, so Dave has more experience in that end. So this is like a first for me. An exciting first, honestly. Um, Mario Odyssey, uh, before it came out, you know, release copies were, you know, given to a bunch of reviewers and YouTubers, people that we follow, and heard nothing but just universal acclaim for it. Except for one person. Who was that? It was Pro Jared. And it wasn't that he didn't like the game. He just sort of said, it's a Mario game. And 
That's just what it is. A lot of people were very fast to declare this their favorite, like the best 3D Mario game ever, right? Hear that from the completionist. If not the best, then their favorite. Uh, people like the completionist, uh, Peanut Butter Gamer, the Jaywits, all said things along the lines of, if this isn't the best, this is now my new favorite Mario game. And Pro Jared sort of said, it's probably not even quite as good as Super Mario Galaxy 2. And I think in the shuffle, it just sort of got lost. It was like, oh, this is one descending voice because pretty much everyone went gaga over this game. Even Video Game Donkey. Yeah, like pretty much everyone just loved this game. And now it's our turn to give our take on it. So, <laughs> so, um, so Dave, you know, because this experience is different from mine, although, you know, we did end up having the same ending experience, but you've played all the, the 3D Marios, right? Not all of them. Well... I've played them. So Mario 64, obviously, played through that all the way. Uh, Mario Sunshine, I beat that. I did not complete it. Um, Mario Galaxy, I completed it as Mario. I did not go through the entire second time as Luigi, but it's basically the same game. Mario Galaxy 2, I started and didn't really get very far. Uh, and then there was Super Mario. I mean, do we count 3D World? That was kind of, like, on the edge. I mean, like, I think we should. That's the only... Not the only, but that was... Mm. <laughs> it, it, it's, like, right on the cusp. It was very different from your 3D Marios. And we'll probably get back to that, but I played probably about half that game. Mm. I didn't, like, beat it. Mm. So... So, for me, you know, I've played... Out of all the, the, the 3D Marios, with the exception of 3D Land, um, I've only really just sort of, like... Oh, I beat 3D Land too, the one for the 3DS. Yeah, so. I I've beaten I beat 3D Land. I I, I completed 3D Land actually. Oh, wow. Um And uh, but like you know, 64 I have the most exposure with. I have the least exposure with Galaxy. Oh, that's a real shame. I have, yeah. Galaxy is really good for no other reason. Um, so I was really quick to jump onto the Odyssey train, basically. Yeah. Um, also because of the aforementioned reviewers that we said, you know, I, and, you know, I knew Pro Jared was going to take that stance with it because Pro Jared is usually a little bit more cynical. Like, he's not mean. He's definitely not even unfair, but he's a little bit more cynical. Yeah. Whereas, like, Jay Witz is, like, extremely forgiving. Completionist um, is, like, all aboard, like, the hype train, whatever yeah. that is. He's, he's, very, he's very optimistic. He just wants to have fun. Like so what surprised me was Dunky, honestly. Like hmm. Dunky finds a problem in everything. Hmm. Um except for Undertale, I think. And uh he 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 likes Undertale. Um but yeah, I was I was shocked with Dunky that he like he loved it so much. He uh he'd made an E3 video like after the announcement mm -hmm. and like said that that was the thing he was most excited for and then yeah. he was like not disappointed like when it came out. Uh, so my first day playing it, you know, uh, the graphics are better. Um, the storyline is very, you know, similar to any other Mario title. Um, except now you have like a new mechanic, uh, with your hat named Cappy. Well, I, first your hat is destroyed in an ensuing battle with you and Bowser. Um, your hat is destroyed. You end up in like the land of like hats, Bonnetville, I think. Oh, and, um, hats. and you have a hat that, um, uh, his love was stolen it by was his Bowser. Sister. Yeah, his sister. Oh, sorry. Oops. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Big difference. Um, was stolen by Bowser because she's a pretty tiara, and that's what Peach was wearing for her wedding dress, because uh, that's what Bowser wants to do this time is marry her. Um, and so you team up with the hat who could look just like your hat, and you use that hat as your primary weapon, and also uh, the big sort of mechanic in this game, which is cap. Cheering. Um, hey, I never yeah. got that. No. No. <laughs> oh. Oh, clever. Well, how about that? I got, oh, some, go. I got some of them before you. That's, <laughs> that's a rarity. Um, yeah, so um, your captures are usually the enemies in, the, in whatever world you're in. And, you know, those enemies can be like Goombas and, and, and Koopas and whatnot. But there are also like, you know, land-specific enemies that do different mechanics and whatnot. So, and the whole, the whole aim of the game, similar to other Marios, is, is essentially a collect-a-thon. You're collecting... Uh, moons this time that look just like shinies, but whatever. You're collecting moons, um, and those are helping to power your ship called the Odyssey, which is uh, taking you from world to world. And you're basically following Bowser. You're kind of chasing Bowser going from world to world, and he's, like, stealing artifacts from each of these worlds that, like, 
are gonna help him like throw like the best wedding ceremony ever and yeah. stuff. Yeah, like he steals a dress. He steals like, a cake. He steals yeah. a stew. Like you do. Okay. <laughs> I rhymed. Um, so that's the premise of the game, essentially. Um, you know, it's it's not much different from any other Mario games. Not in the setup, no. No, uh, and uh, the 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 controls are pretty much exactly what we have started from Mario sixty four. Well, kind of. Uh, it was interesting leading up to this. Jay Woods actually did a really interesting video where he played through a bunch of the like main series three D Mario games. Uh, I think it was specifically sixty four Galaxy and Sunshine, and he sort of compared how they all feel. And he, he made some really interesting notes on how sort of tight the controls were in each game. In some games, Mario felt a little tighter, where in some games he felt a little, uh, I don't know, looser. And it was really interesting. And in all those games, it never really amounted to that much. But when you go back and play them side by side, it, it feels, you can tell that that's there. Um, in this one, it feels like Mario... One of the things he talked about was how fast it takes Mario to get started up and get to top speed. It feels like in this game, it takes a little bit longer for Mario to hit that top speed. Yeah. Uh, he, he feels a little sluggish in his starting and going. And that bothered me a little bit more than I thought it would because if you want to talk smoothness of control... so. You can kind of be with me on my little Mario journey here. So way back in Mario 64 days, I was not hardcore gamers, Twitch like <laughs> Twitch motions and whatever. Yeah, MLG. So I couldn't do the side jump, uh, which is a really useful move for getting for jumping just a little bit higher really quickly. So a lot of times I relied on the backflip, which is a little slow. You just kind of sit there and kneel, and then you hit A, and you jump farther and higher, but it's backwards. <laughs> so I think it. W I don't know if it was in Mario sunshine or mario galaxy where i my hands were like and my motions were enough where i could consistently do the side jump and it's a it's a really convenient move it's just a really you just sort of flick it and you can do this jump sideways and it helps you get to high places really quickly and it's really convenient um the thing is in mario 64 you hit mario like hits his top speed very quickly but he's a little bit slipperier where it's like he's yeah. moving but his traction isn't there yeah so in Mario 64, what that allows you to do is do the, the side jump, like, on a dime. Like, you can just point one direction. You can literally almost, like, flick it, and you can do, like, the side jump in any spot. It's, it makes it really convenient to get to high areas. And in Mario Sunshine and Mario Galaxy, it's still pretty responsive. In Mario Odyssey, it feels like it just takes longer for him to go fast enough in one direction for you to be able to hold the other direction to do that. Uh, and that sounds really nitpicky, but it kind of forces you to either do the backflip or the new stomp jump where you jump and you do a ground pound and then you jump upon hitting the ground and you jump higher. Yeah. And it slows things down just enough that it was noticeable to me. So if we're talking physics, I would say this is one of my less liked physics in a Mario game in terms of top speed and, uh, movement, um, which yeah. is really interesting because this game got a ton of praise for how fluid the movement is. And it's not bad, but just comparing it to other Mario games, I'm kind of like, it's not superior to them. In fact, I might argue it's a little inferior. Um, or like the rolling. How much did you use the rolling mechanic? Oh, I used it on the first world and that was it. Yeah, I, I never. it never felt comfortable to me. No. It felt too much like a hassle to turn around <laughs> really is what it was. And maybe that's because they tried to link it to the motion controls. They want you to lean it a little bit and we'll get back to that. But yeah, I don't know the, the, the controls in this game. They didn't wow me. It was like, this is a Mario game. Yeah, you know? it, it, it was. I know what you mean by it. Like, you know, the top speed took a bit. I remember, I mean, I think you're spot on when you're comparing 64 and Odyssey. Cause like in 64, sometimes I sort of feel like, um, you know, the taxi and Roger Rabbit when he runs down the oil, like, <laughs> to call back a when very... When you start up, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just sort of like, oh, like that. And this one, I'm just sort of like... Yeah. Okay, there we go. There we go. It, it's yeah. hard to describe, but yeah, it, it does take you a little bit, and you notice it. And I'm not as Mario acrobatic as you are, too, so you can imagine how slow sometimes it took me yeah. um, to, like, line up my... You know, because I have to rely on the backflip a lot, too, to, yeah. like, line up my jump perfectly. Like, uh, here we go. Oh, yeah. no, not far enough. Okay. Uh, here we go. Oh, okay, not far enough. Okay. 
uh, and just so on and so on and so on. Yeah. I mostly just relied on the long jump uh, to get to my places as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. So my games are just nothing but wee-hee, wah, wee-hee, yeah. Bringing you right back to Mario 64. Exactly. And speaking of Mario 64, I feel like we have to talk about some of the buildup to this game. So Saul sort of mentioned already, but this game got all the hype. It got absolutely all the hype. And all people could talk about was how it was going to be more like Mario 64. Nintendo went so far out of their way to convince people that this was the new Mario 64. Uh, They released this weird, like, sheet, like, showing all of the 3D Mario games and saying, these ones fall into the open world category and these ones fall into the more structured category. And they put Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Odyssey in, like, the free roaming category and they put like mario galaxy mario galaxy 2 mario 3d world and the more level to level like category which i feel is a little disingenuous because i feel like mario sun or mario galaxy rather was very close to the design of mario 64 i i can see some of where they're going where it was less about exploring the overworld um and more about just sort of going to the worlds and getting them but it was close enough that i certainly wouldn't group it in the just sort of stage to stage category like like it very much was in galaxy 2 or certainly like it was in 3d world um and so they did that and they their presence at e3 was just ridiculous where they were just hyping up specifically new donk city (laughs) like you would not believe like that was pretty much the only world we got to see ahead of time and boy howdy i so much so that i assumed that was the overworld Right. I, I think figured, a lot of people did. I yeah. think a lot of people thought it was going to be an MMORPG set in like real life. Yeah. Or at least that was going to be Peach's Castle. Right. Oh, like yeah. that was going to be the place where you went to all the different worlds from. And it looks so big and you're going to explore stuff. I was like, okay, that's really cool. And so for better and spoilers, we're going to talk about the spoilers in this game. They go so far as to the after you beat the main game it puts you in the Mushroom Kingdom when you turn it back on. And the Mushroom Kingdom is literally, like, outside of Peach's Castle. Like, you go in, and it's the same music. There's even moons around where if you, like, go where, kind of where you would have gone, Peach's Castle is much smaller. You can't really explore inside it. But if you stand on, like, the carpet and you look up like you did Mario 64, uh, instead of teleporting you to the wing cap, you just get a moon, just to sort of, oh, you remembered to do this type thing, and Yoshi's on top of the castle, and little things like that. So it's cute. But it's very much like, man, you are really trying to get my nostalgia grinders going, mm-hmm. you know? And all the moons in that world are stars. Yes, and they play the Super Mario 64 jingle. Yes. Did you realize that the, the jingle for getting the moons is the same as the Mario 64 jingle? Just I like, thought it was similar. It's pretty much exactly the same Oh, thing. yeah, okay. Super Mario 64 is... Yeah, and Mario Galaxies. Yeah, it's like basically exactly the same. Which, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank, 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 thank you. I know you all are clapping very hard for my. My wife my always own. says she likes it whenever we sing on our episodes, and I'm like, <sighs> "Are you are you kidding me?" <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, it, it does a lot to try to, and you can even buy an outfit that like makes you like 64 bit Mario after you beat the game. Did you see that outfit? Did yeah, you did. buy it? I yeah. did. I did not buy it. I bought it. I didn't put it on. Cause I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's cute. I, I immediately put on my Ouija, my Ouija costume. So <laughs> that was nice. But this game did everything. And then there was the theme song, <laughs> which I thought was incredibly catchy. What did well, you think? Ho- of hold it? on. I think we're getting a little bit off balance here. So we're, we're, we were talking about control. We were talking about it's, it's closest to the 64 to Mario 64. Well, how close they were trying to make. I, I'm getting to that. Okay. I, I am. But the theme song, I mean, I the just theme song. I'm just sort of like K rock, J pop, you know? Yeah. I thought of, it, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later, the, but the, yeah, the line that I'm trying to get at was, the, in the theme song lyrics, they do everything they can. And this sort of links right back to what we were talking about last episode, where they, every game wants you to feel like it's an open world and you can do whatever you want, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. They like the line that always stuck me, with me was, "It's freedom like you've never known," right? Mm-hmm. And it's trying to make you feel like you're free to do whatever you want and you can just jump around and find stuff. And so, that is the context from which I'm going into this game. I and see, they I hyped see. it up so much. I think it's important to talk about that because I'm. I'm very unconvinced that they succeeded in that goal. <laughs> so well, uh, I I will I'll tell you that I barely paid attention to it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you did obviously, and I'm sure you're not the only one. Clearly, um, but I I didn't really pay attention to it that much. <laughs> um, 
But I, I know what you mean. So let, let's go ahead and start on that then. The idea that this was, you know, not this wasn't going off the coattails of Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda. Uh, however, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild um, got a lot of its acclaim. And by the way, made like number one on a lot of people's lists. Yeah, best uh, games Or of at the least year. top three mm-hmm. in, in many, many YouTubers' lists, many reviewers' lists, whatever like that. I still have yet to play it for, for no other reason other than it's 60 bucks still, and I, I don't have the money to spend on that right now. And the time. Like, the time that I would imagine you have to invest in a game like that is... Whew. Right. So, uh, and like we were touching upon in the previous episode, how a lot of AAA titles seem like... They feel like they need to do the open world idea or at least have an open world concept about them in order to compete with the other AAA titles. The Skyrim effect, as we sort of called it. Um, And Mario Odyssey boasted that from the get go, that it was open world. You could do whatever you wanted. It wasn't linear. Um, You know, because Mario Land was linear let's it it was very linear you were everything up to mario 64 was undoubtedly linear Mm -hmm. it was it was left to right you get from world to world super mario 3 and super mario world introduced some elements where you could take some alternate paths or there were some secret worlds you could discover or like warp zones but for the most part it was get to the end Mm -hmm. and you go from left to right to get to the end Mm -hmm. finish the level and that's it and Mario Land was sort of doing a callback to that. I mean, they weren't trying to invent the wheel with it. They, they, saying, knew, what, they knew what they were, Mario 3D Land. 3D I mean. Land, okay. Yeah, 3D <laughs> Land, sorry. Mario 3D Land, um, they knew that they were just sort of like, you know, riding, you know, going back to handheld Mario titles, which are titled Land, yeah. and just going through it on a very, very linear standpoint, the same power-ups, maybe like one new power-up, uh, Bowser fights, and yada, yada. 3D World took the same concept and just blew it up a little bit, literally, like by size. Yeah, they both incorporated things where you could still sort of find things in the level that helped you progress, like the coins or whatever. But for the most part, it was just, it was you beat the level, and that was that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it had been a couple of years since we saw a more spacious Mario game, like Mario Galaxy 2. Well, even Mario Galaxy 2 is pretty much on rails. Like, you just have this thing, and you, like, select the world, and you go there and do the thing. But Mario Galaxy had more of a a hub world where you could go around and stuff like that. So there was definitely a difference between those two games even. So you could even go far back as Mario Galaxy before, or if you believe Nintendo, uh, all the way back to Sunshine, since you had a game like this. Mm -hmm. So... That's where we were. They were yeah. boasting this up a storm. Yeah. Many of the the pre the pre reviewers um, said that it it did that f- like ex- like it did that very well. Yeah. Made you feel like you were like on your own and doing open world stuff and whatnot. And um, in the end, we don't really think so. No. So the thing is, the the biggest thing that surprised me was no overworld in terms of like no Peach's castle. There was no central hub where you could get from world to world from. It was just, it was on a line. And after you got enough stuff in a world, then you were allowed to progress to the next one. I mean, it was very linear, right? It was like, okay, you start in Hat World. Okay, I got enough, I got enough moons in Hat. Like, it would show you how many moons you needed to get in that world. And once you got enough, you could move on to the next one. Now, could you get those moons however you wanted? Yes. Were each of the worlds bigger? Like, and sort of let you run around? Yes. But it was very... You need to complete what we've set out for you to do here, and then you can move on. And then you can move on to Dinosaur World, and mm-hmm. you do the dinosaur things. You get enough You get enough moons to power up your ship. Okay, now you can move to the next world. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can move to the next one. Oh, this time you get to choose between two worlds, but whichever one you don't choose, you're just going to go to next <laughs> yeah. anyway. So it, it, just, it was like, no, this is very linear. Like, sure, within the world you could do stuff do different things to get the moons but even then it was it was trying to hold your hand it's like okay here's the story in this world and once you did the story moons you would get an extra little dancey sound effect song you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and it would sort of lead you to the boss who gave you three moons and that's all well and good that's fine and you didn't need to do that but a lot of times it was just the most convenient it felt like it was pushing you really hard towards doing that and that stuck out to me quite a bit um and so Probably the thing that bugged me the most, though, was if you're going to compare this to Mario 64, the first thing I think of is if you're in a world and you're like, eh, I don't really like this world, uh, you didn't need to stay in that world longer than you wanted to. If you got to, like, the sand world and you're like, yeah, this is dumb. I liked Lava World and, like, the, the Pipe World, you know? 
then you could just go and get more stars there. And it was like, I only need 30 stars to get through this door. It doesn't matter where they're from. I can just go wherever I want. I can go back to the worlds that I started the game with, you know? Mm-hmm. I went when I was at, I think it was when I was in like the desert world or maybe it was the forest the world. The desert world's like the second world. Yeah, it was like the desert or the forest world. I, I was not, the desert world was okay. The forest world, and we'll get into the worlds later. How much you like them? But the forest world bored me really quickly. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of done with forest world. Like, oh, I kind of liked the waterfall world. I'll just go back there and get some moons. So I went back there and goofed around and got some more moons. And then I went back to forest world. I noticed like, oh, there's not those circles counting on my moons anymore. Like, oh, that's weird. Okay. And so I got some moons, and I went back to Forest World, and I was like, "Wait, I don't, I don't think this decreased at all." Hold on, let me let me look. One, two, three, four. Okay, there's this many. Uh, let's try Desert World. Let's go to Desert World, and I got a few things. Desert World, and then I went back to Forest World. I was like, "No, it is, it is literally not moving. I have to get this many moons in this world before the game will allow me to progress." And boy, let me tell you, was that a big turnoff to me? Hmm. N- not because. Well, partially because I didn't like the worlds that much, but it was just, first of all, it felt like I'd been lied to, right? It's like like, it's like Mario 64 and free form. It's like, you're not even letting me spend the times in the worlds that I like. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I realized that that didn't affect your progression in the next world, I was like, wait wait a minute. What's the point of going back and getting more moons? Mm-hmm. If, I, if I decide that I really like Desert World and I want to stay there and complete Desert World, what is my reward for that? That doesn't help me progress any faster. It's not like Banjo-Kazooie or Ukulele where you get the pages or the puzzle pieces and it's like, I don't care where you got, you just need to get them. And if you want to hang on this world, fine. Maybe you'll have to spend a little bit of time in this world just based on numbers. Like there's not quite enough, but you know, it's fine. There's there's a purpose to every page you get in every world, regardless of where it's from. Once you finish the predetermined number of moons that the game tells you you need to get on a world, th- there's nothing for you in that world anymore except for, the, like, the purple coins to get, like, the stuff, if you want the collectibles, yeah, right? That was what really... When I realized that, I was like, oh, 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 my. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was a little bit of a rant, but it, no, it, was, no, no, it's, it it's, was really surprising when I realized that because it, it's, it is true because like it's not even communicated to you very well. No, it's like all they tell you when you get into a new land, because like, you know, your little dirigible hat thing, like um, <laughs> it, it doesn't have like a full sail. And every time you get the, the requisite number of moons, it creates another bit of your sail so that you can, you know, move on to a new world. But they, it doesn't really say, like, oh, you need... Well, the moons are just moons, right? They yeah. have different colors depending on the worlds, but they don't have, like, a different shape or, like, a different, like, power or, like, anything different about them. To you. They're yeah. just moons. Yeah. So you figure you that you can... assume they're, like, the MacGuffins in every other 3D platformer you've ever played. <laughs> but no, you need these moons, you yeah. know, in order to move on. These are the moons you need to get. And, you know, it's okay to have a checkpoint, like, a, you know, you need this many amount of moons in order to move on to the next one. But, like, that's not open world. Like, by saying that and by forcing you to stay in that one land, you are, you're restrictive. Yeah. And the, the nature of open world is non-restrictive. Yeah. So it's like open world... Because you can run around in a circle without falling off the hill. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, like, ah, oh, look how open it is. See? Open world. Like, no, that's not and, that's and, not really what that means. Here it is. Look how open it is. An open world is a weird term. I don't know if they were going for open world, but they were going for freedom. The freedom you had in Mario 64 to run around the castle and discover cool stuff was unmatched by other Mario games up to that point, and mm-hmm. arguably from that point forward. But it was more about the fact that you could go around and you could find stuff in the overworld and do stuff, and you could progress however you wanted. Open world is maybe a little... It's, it might be a little disingenuous to tell you that they were trying to make it open world. That might not be 100% accurate. Not that, And I wouldn't even want my Mario game to be open world. I don't know That's how like, you would do it. Yeah, like I talked like about Zelda, in the last one. Like, Zelda seems to lend itself to that idea. Yes. Um, just, like, for, by the nature of Zelda. Like, Zelda is a warrior. He fights with weapons, like, a, a variety of weapons. And just in the roots of the series, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. you, you just yeah. get somewhere and your job is to stop Ganon. 
uh, how am I going to do that? Yeah. Well, that's kind of up to you. Like, you know, and they they leave you, there are temples you have to beat, but what order are you going to do them in? Like, how are you going to do them? It was very open in the early Legend of Zelda games. But Where, Mario is always, like, cartoony and, like, you know, it knows what it is. It's always yeah. a little bit lighthearted. It's never very heavy. Like, open world just doesn't really seem to jive with, like, what Mario games are. Mario is always very goal-oriented. There's a goal in sight, whether it's to get this star or to get to the end of the level. And the challenge in doing that is what makes them fun, mm-hmm. um, as well as the progression forward. Like, it gives you the correct rewards for doing what you're doing. Um, and I don't think Mario Odyssey does that very well. Um, is really the It doesn't reward you for staying in a world and getting more moons than you have to. It's like doing it is its own reward. But then you sort of get into the nature of the moons in this game and how you get them. And Yeah, well, let's go ahead and start on that then because um, uh, the collect-a-thon aspect of this game is the biggest thing that I had an issue with. Um, now, a Mario game is a collect-a-thon. Shocker, right? You're always chasing something, whether it's, you know, like the stars um, or you're chasing just beating levels. You're chasing shinies. You're chasing whatever like that. Like you're chasing something, right? Yeah. It's some sort of collecting thing, and and the coins are a part of that. Um, and we'll talk about what coins are in this game too. Like I mean, they they changed a couple of things here in this game. Uh, first of all, and this has nothing to do with the collecticon, the collectathon aspect partially. Um, now in this game, you don't have lives. Yeah. Instead, if you die, well, you had the same hit points. Um, that was that were introduced in well. They took uh, Mario Galaxy's hit point system, yeah. right? Yeah, it's just three hits. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you die, you don't lose a life. You instead lose 10 coins. And depending on where you died, you can just recover those coins back. But coins now are used to buy things. You can actually use them as currency. In each world that you arrive in, there's some like merchants there that sell um, new costumes um, which are, you know, they're aesthetics, but they also do have something to do with uh, receiving certain moons. Yeah, usually game. there's like one costume per world where you buy it and it opens up access to like a couple moons or something like that. And then there's also some collectibles and whatnot. And usually in these worlds as well, at least in the in the in the main game, they will have a moon that you can purchase for a hundred coins, which I yeah. thought was weird. Well, um, it's it's kind of a callback to Mario sixty four, where if you get a hundred coins, you get a star. Yeah. <clears throat> so then there's a uh, the, uh, you can also buy health too. That's also yeah. that's it's not, just that it's a lot right. easier to do because coins are everywhere in this game for reasons we'll get into later, and because it doesn't matter where you get those coins, you don't mm-hmm. have to get them in that world. So right. Um, there are um, Dave mentioned like the world specific coins also. There's a, there's sometimes fifty, there's sometimes a hundred of them, and they're not always easily accessible. You have to like you know get there yourself and kind of find where they are and like use your skill to get there. Um, and those um, that those currencies are are available for like an, another merchant who uh, has like better clothing for you <laughs> um, or also like the clothing that'll help you get to the moon and whatnot. Or like decorations for your spaceship. Yeah. Which are kind of neat. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. That stuff has never really appealed to me, honestly. Yeah. It wasn't, um, it wasn't, uh, there are a few times when I stopped to get some purple coins. If I like really enjoyed a world, I was like, I want to get some, like some souvenirs from this world basically. So <laughs> I might've stuck around in like new donk or Shiveria a little bit longer to get some stuff from there. But uh, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the moons, the moons in this game. So they were boasting how much of like a collectathon this was and how long you can end up spending playing this game. There are um, not there are eight hundred. There's n- over eight hundred moons. Yeah, over eight hundred. There's that- like at least eight hundred non-purchasable moons. Yes. But if you wanted to go all out and play that much, you can get up to nine hundred and ninety-nine moons in total in this game. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> mercy it's it's a lot now okay so you see that number like let's say we haven't played the game you see that number and you're like wow you can get 999 like main collectibles like that's got to be cool and then like um and then you hear some of the reviewers talk about it like you know you know sometimes you get the moons for you know doing something hard like defeating a boss or like finding a secret area or sometimes the moons are just out there and you just have to get them and you're like wait they're just out there? Yeah. And sure enough, they really are. Some of them are, like, slightly hidden. Some of them are very hidden. But some of them also give away their presence very loudly by, like, a big shiny thing. Yeah. And all you have to do is just, like, do a ground pound, and there you go. Yeah. Um, 
this definitely i think some people have like said in reviews like you know some people might think that this might devalue the moons but you know yeah yeah i like that no for me this definitely did yeah, the moons. it did it, it didn't make them feel as rewarding it was just like i got this one okay mm-hmm. i was supposed to get this one okay like there were very few moons that make me remember what i had to do to get them does that make sense like they're not memorable yeah it's just like you just found them and yeah. i found enough and it's it's not part of this is always going to be nostalgia and you can argue that up and down but it never felt like any of the moons were as memorable as mario 64 or mario sunshine it was just here it is and sometimes there's a room you got to go in and you got to jump around and do some stuff there and it's a little bit more platformy but those are the exception more than the rule i would say mm-hmm. um and even the platforming the platforming winds up being what you make of it so in terms of the openness of it um i think one thing you could argue is that the platforming is less linear and that Unless you're in, like, this the 2D areas, you know what I mean? Where it's just the obviously... The ones? Yeah, the pixelated yeah. 2D areas. Um, most of the other platforming is very free. The tricks that you can do with Cappy and some of that stuff allow you to break it a little bit and go your own way. And that's kind of neat. But it's never that hard um, if you know what you're doing. And even if you do know what you're doing, there's usually an, a simpler way. Not necessarily a faster, easier, quote-unquote way. But it's never... I don't know. It's never that um, challenging yeah. to get them, and it it ta- it does take away like some of the like you did it. Well, because it's like let's say you do like a really hard challenge, like uh, uh what was a really hard one? One that I spent a lot of time on in sixty four and Odyssey. Odyssey. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, that's hard. Yeah, but there were some that took me several attempts to do. Yeah, um, there were some, like maybe some of the like the stuff. Oh, in the oh, food there world. was one in I think the I think in Mushroom Kingdom actually. Okay, it was a two D one, uh, where um, the, um, you 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 know you became pixelated Mario, and then like the two D background would move. Oh, I know the one you're talking. Uh huh. And so, yeah, like, but cool. if you went outside that background, you got shoved out immediately, and you turned it back into regular Mario. Yeah, you yeah, do yeah, all yeah, over yeah. again. Uh-huh. That one took me several tries. Um, and you know, in general, like collectathon nature, these these MacGuffins, they're supposed to be a little bit hard to get, so that when you get through it, and it might take you several attempts and maybe several lives as well, but then when you get it, you're like, Yes, yeah, yes, I did it. Yeah. Or you could go around the corner into the quote unquote secret area and then there's a moon. Yeah. Like which one are you gonna feel better about getting? But at the same time, you're getting the same thing. Yes. So how are you supposed to feel like one of these is better than the other, or it's just sort of like, how are you supposed to feel that what I'm getting here is like amazing? Yeah. You did it. You walked. Part of part of the issue with this design is that because there is much less direction, and if you want to go again, talk about open world, the, unlike Mario 64, it's not like, here's the star you're going for right now when you open a world, right? Like when you first open Bob on Battlefield, it's like, yes, it does that. And then it, sort of tells you you're gonna go get big babam okay i'm gonna go do that this game doesn't do that it just sort of drops you in the world and you can get the moons in whatever order you want and that's all well and good but the issue in the design is that you're sort of naturally gonna go for the ones that are easiest but you're not gonna in a in a game where you collect all the stuff it's fine to start off with the ones that are easy and then work up to more difficult stuff because then you can you sort of run out of easy ones eventually and then you got to go do the difficult ones to progress in Mario Odyssey, there are so many moons, like so many moons, that it never feels like it advances to that stage where in order to progress, you got to do the more challenging ones. There are so many moons that are easy to get that you sort of just can get the easy ones. And like, that's it. And you can challenge yourself a little bit, but the game doesn't reward you for doing that because you still only get a one, moon. one moon. Yeah. You still only get one moon. And that moon may or may not help you progress depending on what level you're in at that particular moment in time. So... And they're really sort of relying on you doing a lot of post-game as well. Yes. When I beat the game, which was a couple days ago, I think I had a grand total of, I think, like 126 moons. And granted, I didn't just get the bare minimum in some of these worlds, um, but I will say that I didn't really spend any extra time 
than like I needed to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, sometimes, like when I'd be trying to finish like the main quest, for example, you would run in. You know, if you finish the main quest in a, in a world, you generally get a multi moon, which is three moons, right? Yeah. But on the way, you could run into other moons, um, yeah. like you know, finding like secrets and whatnot. Yeah. So in the end. You could have just done the main quest, but gotten enough moons to power up your dirigible. Like more than enough. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I would feel like, well, I know I didn't complete like all of the quests in this game. Like, um, like a new donk. Okay, so the main, the first main quest is to defeat the like electro centipede or whatever, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and then after that, like, then you can actually explore new donk in the way that you've seen in all the commercials and stuff. Yeah. But I think by the time I beat the centipede, I was like either already like super close to getting all the moons or or i i did probably mm-hmm. not I, i'm not remembering it right you're but probably I, close uh, but either way i i did more quests in that world but i was already like done you know what i mean yeah um so suffice it to say that i didn't spend all my time in each of these worlds but i but in most get, of them i i got more than the minimum did you get the party I did. Oh, okay, good. Um, so I, I got enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got more than the minimum in each of these worlds, honestly. But in the end, I still came up with 126 moons. And the other day, I just I was like, well, what endings am I missing here? You know, there's you know, obviously there's there's something in the end if you do like all the moons and whatnot. Then there's also the new the new world, the dark side of the moon, and then there's the darker side of the moon. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, how many moons do you have to get? 999. <laughs> I'm at 126. It's yeah. It's it's overwhelming, right? And like when you're in a when you're just going through the game like in a world, it it doesn't do a good job of sort of inspiring you to complete that world while you're there. <coughs> because if I'm playing a, a banjo kazooie, for example, I'm pretty much as I go through every world, I'm gonna try to get pretty much everything. It's just sort of that completionist mindset. Um and you can't really do that in this game because you don't know how many moons there are. There's no indicator as to how many there are or what you're supposed to do to get them, like in Mario 64. In Mario 64, you can just stay in a world and finish it. You're like, yeah, I beat it, and you complete it, and it gives you that sense of, huh, okay, I completed it. Like, yeah, I'm making progress here. You can't do that in Mario Odyssey. You can't sit in a world until you find every moon unless you already know how many there are because it doesn't communicate it to you and it's different in every world. So you just kind of play through it and then you end it and then you just have so much more. Then it's like, okay, there's... Like you compare it to, again, Mario 64. You, you can beat Mario 64 with 70 stars. How many stars are there in the whole game? 120. You're better than halfway there. <laughs> so it's like, oh, cool. Like I, I can play like even more and I'm having fun. Yeah, great. And like I'm almost there. Let's just finish it out. And you, you do. Banjo-Kazooie, it's the same thing. There's only 100 jiggies in the whole game and you need well more than 50 or 60 to beat it. So you're just like, yeah, okay, I did that. Like, let's go back and finish this out. In Mario Odyssey, it's like, <laughs> I am not even a fifth <laughs> of the way there. Excuse me? But like, it, now here's the thing about that, though. Um, I don't know if this is going to be the intro bumper or not. <laughs> um, but before... Um, because we decide that later. But, but before we re- recorded, I brought out my Switch, and we were playing it just a little bit, just so I can see what's going on. Went back to the Hat City, and then I see the merchants there. So I'm like, oh, okay, I can finally spend some of this, like, this uh, Hat Coins and whatnot. This Cheddar. Yeah, this Cheddar. <laughs> and so I go, and I'm like, oh, well, since I didn't buy the requisite moon here, I'll go ahead and do that. And so I bought it, but then, like, I, I just sort of, like, you know, hit A really quickly. But then out of the corner of my eye, I saw buy 10? So I bought the first moon, and I was like, can I still buy 10? And so I bought 10 moons. Yeah, there you go. I bought 10 moons. You don't even get five, you don't even get five moons for beating a boss, <laughs> but I just bought 10 of these things. Um, and so I, and then I was like, well, I can't believe, okay, can I do it again? And I did it again. Showed up. The whole thing cost me two grand in coins, but still, like, wow. Wow. I mean, like, of all the collectathons I've played, Something, yeah. which is which is quite a bit, because I grew up in the era where collectathons were the thing, mm-hmm. there was never a way out in that way because they were never that easy to obtain. Yeah. I was recently playing through Spyro 2 again, one of my favorite PS1 games of all time. Mm-hmm. There's only 14 of the main MacGuffins to get. 
Huh. And that game can be kind of long, like not as long as this, but like it can be kind of long and also kind of arduous to get all those 14 MacGuffins. And there were also like 50 of like the minor MacGuffins. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's gems and whatnot too and whatnot, but based, but nowhere near the amount of size of Odyssey, but also nowhere near like the cheapness it was to achieve them. You know what I mean? Yeah. These moons might as well just be coins laid out in the ground. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's really strange. And to be fair, the game is sort of designed. You could argue like, oh, but it makes coins more rewarding. And you're not wrong. It does. I like what they did with the coins in this game. Um, I like that you don't have lives anymore and you just lose coins. That's all good. I like that design. Uh, but And you could argue like, well, see, it rewards you for getting the coins. It gives you a reason. But like, is getting coins fun? Is that what you want to be doing in your game? You just find a few spots and maybe reload a couple times or just grinding them out, you know? Is that is that what you want to be doing? Like, it's not what I want to be doing, and so I just didn't do it. And that's part of the problem, too, is that there's so many moons in this game, there are just bound to be somewhere you're just like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to grind. Because even if you get every moon in this game without grinding, or let's say you buy one in each world, right? You're still only at like 830 or something. So you got to, like fast math, you got to buy 170 more moons at 100 coins a piece. What is that, 17,000 coins? (laughs) Are you joking me? (laughs) That's insanity. Like, But that's what you're expected to do. And there's other moons where it's like, you just find, did you find any where you just find this weird picture and I just like, what yeah, is this I thought that would come out later, but I didn't see anything. So what it is, is you, you, you're supposed to use the switches, like photograph, like screenshot thing to take a picture of it. So you have it, but it, it is basically a clue to where a, a secret moon is located in some other world. And you just have to find it based only on that. And I was just like, I never want to do that. <laughs> I never want to do that. There's other ones where you have, there's like a, the picture. Did you find the pots where you can like, it looks like. Oh yeah. No, there was seat. no way I was going to do that. There's no way you're doing that. It's no. so tedious. It's so boring. And then you realize like, wait, if I'm, if I'm eliminating all these moons, I'm never even going to get close to completing this game because there's all kinds of these ones. So why am I spending my time getting all these other moons? If there's this misery in front of me of <laughs> yeah. doing these ones, you know? Yeah. <sighs> It, it it's really strange. It I've never played. I don't like the word collectathon. I I hate that because it feels like it's just used to apply to every three D like every three D platformer ever. Someday in my life, I want to like go back and do like a hard look at Mario sixty four, Banjo Kazooie, and Donkey Kong sixty four because Donkey Kong sixty four in my opinion, is where the word collectathon as a dirty word started. <laughs> because it was infamously in the Guinness Book of World Records as having the, the most, most collectibles, collectibles right? ever. Yeah. Which I'm sure Mario Odyssey kicked it right off that perch. <laughs> but people at the time complained that there was too much. That there was too much stuff and it was overwhelming. There's was, was too much. You just collect things and blah, blah, blah. The problem in Donkey Kong 64 wasn't how much stuff there was. Maybe that was part of the problem. There were all kinds of other problems. But if you compared the design of Mario 64 and Banjo-Kazooie, they were not collect-a-thons. You did things that were fun to progress, and you continued doing things. You got a thing at the end, sure, but it wasn't about that. John John talked about it. It wasn't about the thing. It was about what you had to do to get it. Mm-hmm. And so Mario Odyssey flips that on its head, where it's like there's just these things everywhere, and you need to be driven by the desire to get more things or this completionist desire to enjoy that. And if that's not who you are, that there's just not that much in this game for you. Yeah. And it's frustrating because like I was talking about, so you beat the game, you, the, the last boss or like the last uh, thing where you, you actually wind up controlling Bowser. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty tense and it's pretty intense. Yeah. And it's neat. And you do that and you get your ending and, it's just not satisfying. No, the it's ending like, is super bizarre. It's like the game knows that this wasn't the real game, that you're supposed to do all this, and it's like telling you that. And if you had no intention of doing that, then it feels bad. Because if you compare it to... It's like you save Peach, and she just kind of gives you the cold shoulder. <laughs> well, like, okay, so, like, Bowser is 
pretty menacing in this game as yeah. much as Bowser can be. Yeah. You have several actual run-ins with him, and he just rocks your house every time, <laughs> and with a very out-of-place plasma dragon as well. Oh gosh, what's um, that? And and then in the end, yeah, um, you beat Bowser finally with his with his punching bat, punching uh, punching gloves hat. Yeah, which I which thought is was cool. Yeah, I, I didn't mind the, the fight Bowser at all. boss fights are fun. Yeah. And then you get to capture him while carrying Peach um, outside of, like, the crumbling undercastle or whatever. Which is a little weird. A little out of place. Yeah. However, like, because I remember watching, like, Jay Witz and, and I think even Pro Jared talk about not wanting to spoil the ending. And I was like, spoil the end? It's a Mario game. What are you going to spoil the ending for? But that's what they were talking about, um, is that you get to control Bowser for, like, a little bit. And I... I was already pretty jaded on this game. Like when that happened, I'm just sort of like, all right, fine. Let me just get to the ending. I'm like, oh, I get, I get, oh, <laughs> I get to control Bowser. And I was having so much fun uh, with just like the little bit of time that I had with him. How many and times it, did you die on that? Quite a few. Yeah, I did too. It was, it was it was challenging. It was fun. Well, one thing I hated about that, this is a side note, I hated how when you got into like the last room, the, K, the J-pop song starts and you're like, <laughs> all right, man, this is it. This is the ending. What do I have to do? What do I had to? Oh, I died. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, they'll bring me back over. The, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. Until the song just stops the abruptly, and then you got to do all the crashing and everything all over again. I'm just uh, like, yeah, <sighs> whatever. Okay. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's like, of course, the game has to disappoint me just this last time. Anyway, so you get out of it, and the ending cutscene is like, you get out of there. Bowser comes to because you've released him, and then Bowser like presents her a bouquet of piranha plants like you know like no marry me and mm, and on, you know like mario's like no marry me i'm mario yada yada and they're all doing that and what does peach do just sort of like stop and then she just like collects herself and walks over to the odyssey dirigible and it's about to fly away without like, them. literally fly away without you mario the guy who went through she basically said like thanks but no it's not even like i get that they're not gonna have them actually get together nintendo's never gonna do that that's not a big deal but it's just like you're gonna leave me here <laughs> like that's you're gonna leave me on the moon with bowser that's what <laughs> And then, like, you do a super jump and get up there and yada yada, and then the credits, which Dave asked me this before we started recording. He's all like, did you actually watch the credits? And I was like, no, I, I, I immediately looked for a way to skip. <laughs> it was like immediately just jamming buttons everywhere to see which one's the skip option. I, I, I watched it because I remember, I remember Super Mario World. Mm. I remember Super Mario 64. I remember Super Mario Galaxy. Those ending credits... Boy, did they make you feel good for beating that game. <sighs> yeah. They were all unique songs that you hadn't heard before. They were like big, like sort of meshes of what you've heard before or something completely original. Like the, the ending theme to all three of those games are video game classics. Mm -hmm. Like they're some of the best music in all video games. And you got like a nice, like some cool cutscenes, like showing really nice stuff. <sighs> this one <laughs> tried to do cutscenes of all the worlds, but they didn't feel inspired partially because the music was just a rehash of the dinosaur waterfall world music and yeah. that's probably the best song in this game but you heard it already mm -hmm. it, it felt like the credits were just there because they needed to be there and they were supposed to be there and like well i guess this is where the credits go slap them on in there mm -hmm. and it, and so if all you wanted to do was beat this game, like if you didn't, if you went into it not intending to complete it, which I didn't, I went into it just planning on beating it and, you know, I'd see how much I got, did afterwards. And if it was really inspiring, then yeah, sure, I'd complete it. That's what happened in Mario Galaxy. This is what happened in Mario 64. And so I was like, yeah, I'll leave that open, but I'm not planning on it. So if you just did that, then you're kind of like, oh, okay. So the, the game kind of only just started. Yeah. Is what it feels like the game is. And a lot of people You've have only progressed one tenth. Yeah. A lot of people like compliment that. Like, oh, the game only really begins at this point. But I'm just kind of like, but I spent all that time. Like, I did your dumb this many moons in this world. I, I did all that. And now I have all these moons that don't seem to matter unless I get every single one. And, you know, I guess and like it, in it's, that it's, sense, it's like disingenuous to say they don't matter at all because they unlock new costumes as you get new moons and you can unlock the different sides of the moon. But I honestly didn't like the moon because it made you really floaty and it made the controls and platforming not as fun. I guess in their defense, what they're saying is like after you defeat the main story, you know, the real game is just starting like that's when it that's when you have all the worlds open to you. 
and like that's when you can have free reign to do whatever you want and that's where all the moons now contribute to like your final moon count and stuff but i mean at that point isn't it just a -a collect-a-thon yeah it is i mean then it really is just a -a collect-a-thon and there are some things like i said there are some small things but if you don't care about the costumes which once i got the luigi one i didn't and i could get the luigi one as soon as i beat the game because i had enough moons i was like oh got that and then i unlocked the darker side of the moon but i was like i didn't like the moon because again it just didn't Make me want to do that, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's not bad, but it's also not as good as, like, everybody is saying it was, in our opinions. Pro Jared, I, I found my... Maybe maybe I got a little uh, corrupted, because Pro Jared was the first review I saw, and I saw it before the game actually came out. And so maybe that was in my head already, but... I mean, I just kind of agree with him. It's well, a Mario game. Well, I mean, that's how I feel, too. I only saw Pro Jared's video once. Yeah. Um, but I had seen... I, I had also seen Donkey's video. I had seen Jay Witz's video. I think I saw PBG's video. I mostly saw love for the game. Yeah, absolutely, because that's what there is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even trying to say it's a bad game. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Mario game. It's a Mario game. It's a fine Mario game. And Pro Jared said it, it'll meet your expectations but it won't surpass them. In fact, I would say it didn't even kind of meet my expectations just because of, again, how much they hyped the freedom, and then it was like, but you got to do this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Graphically, it's pretty nice. Yeah, graphically, it's fine. It's really colorful. What I'm finding weird nowadays in, in, in games, maybe even Nintendo games, or maybe just design in general, I'm not sure, but, like, how plain the, the fonts are looking, too. Huh. Did you notice note. that? Uh, now that you mention it, kind of. Yeah, I never would have thought of it. Because I noticed that out of Breath of the that's Wild, really, too. It's really a Corey gameplay. thing. Isn't Corey really at the fonts? Well, he's he's a he's a designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but like, <laughs> you know, like I that's one thing I've noticed that like now we're sort of getting away from like custom fonts and like, you know, maybe even like you know, wacky and weird looking fonts as well. Yeah. But like this one was like more on the plain side I'm just also. Kind of sans serif. Yeah, that's isn't it? It's all they're sans serifs and yeah, like, like just sort of blocky. Because I guess now we're we're sort of as a culture sort of returning back to like Helvetica, um, <laughs> you know, Target, uh, Crate and Barrel. Like those are all Helvetica. I, I don't think Target is, but I don't know Crate and Barrel is and yada yada. Um, and like I'm starting to see a lot of these sans serif fonts come out of somewhere. Um, yeah, the design was very nice and colorful. I, for the most part, liked all the captures. Like when you got to be the wiggler and you can like go around the, I like the, the corners and stuff like that. That was one of my favorites. I actually did like the, uh, the woodpecker thing. Um, that one was like challenging. It like challenged me. It was yeah, a little tricky. And, and, I, and liked I, it. I liked it, you know, yeah. anytime I had to be a Goomba, I was like, well, forget this. I don't care. <laughs> um, anytime I could be a, um, a hammer bro, that was awesome. <laughs> Except like. The, I liked how the jumping was just that. Like, you couldn't walk. You had to always jump. Yeah, it was cute. And I'm just sort of like, have you ever seen a Hammer Bro walk before? <laughs> and you're like, no, I haven't. Being the Chuck was awesome, even though it was only in one part of the game towards yeah. the end. Um, another, like, minor thing that I just want to add just at the end here was, like, how the music wasn't always present in each of the worlds. It was, like, yeah. It would pop up sometimes, and then, like, you're like, okay, I guess the level is starting now. And then you would, like, go into this other spot in the level, and then it would fade away. And you're like, okay, did I leave? Am I out of bounds? Like, what's what's it, happening here? It just wasn't as atmospheric. It wasn't as joyful, I guess, just being in a world and being surrounded by a bomb battlefield or, mm. like, you know, whatever. And the music wasn't bad. Like, if I heard the music somewhere else, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is a nice song. What's Oh, yeah, it's from Mario Odyssey. Like, oh, it's, it's yeah. good. You know? Uh, it's but- sort of following, um, you know, Mar- Mario 3D World sort of, like, went away from orchestra and went to, like, Tokyo-style big bands. Mm. And that's cool because they do it really well there. Um, and that that's, like... It's there a plenty in like in in New Donk City, yeah, and and it's good. I mean, like it's also a plenty in, in Mario uh, Mario Kart Eight, mm-hmm. um, just oh, yeah, like this sure. like this like new big band style that like Tokyo was just like really good at, um, and so if you've been a fan of that like new music coming out of Mario games. It's in here a lot. Too bad you don't hear it all the time like you yeah. probably would in any other Mario game. Yeah, it's just weird. I don't know why they... I, I think they tried to do that to make it more vast, but then you're like, this is just kind of a worse version of what Banjo-Kazooie and Ukulele do, where depending on like what part of the world you're in, it like changes the song's version. Yeah. And instead, they were just like, just make it go away. And you're <laughs> just like... Mm. Well, it just makes me feel like, hello, hello, yeah. hello. 
How are you? How are you? I asked you first. I asked you first. I, asked you first. I miss Christmas. <laughs> so the, that that about rounds up our big our big things well, with Mario Odyssey. I, I do have one thing. Last thing, I want to go through the worlds actually. Oh boy! Okay. Like, were there any worlds that like stuck out to you that you really enjoyed or like? <coughs> Excuse me. Because um, there were a few that that did make me want to stay in them longer. Not so long as to complete them, but where I was like, you know, screw it. Even though these moons don't do anything for me, I want to hang out in this world a little more. Um, no, not to that extent. Um, uh, maybe I'd have to go back a little bit, but I did like the hat world initially. Um, okay. I liked the music. Yeah. The aesthetic was pretty cool. Um, you know, it was all black and white because they're all fancy, you know, and, uh, um, I also liked the world with with uh, you know big mini T Rex. In fact, I yeah. might want to go back in there and visit and see any moons that I missed there. Mm-hmm. But that's about it because when I think back on it, I think of the water world, which isn't the worst water world in, ever, but like still, it's not great. No, uh, beach world, which I I did not like. No, I didn't like that one at all either. Uh, food world, <clears throat> which was dumb. Yeah, um, did it feel it was a little pastel and like washed out. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think I would have enjoyed it better if it was actually what it was—a lava world. <laughs> um, if I if if that's what it was, I might have enjoyed it more. Yeah, um, I liked the like the swamp world with the Wigglers, but uh, yeah, I did too. Only because of the Wigglers. Mm-hmm. Um, but that world wasn't nearly as big as like Dino World. It, I feel like it was closer to the right size, though. I, I found myself mostly liking the smaller worlds. Um, I felt like they were more appropriately sized and better designed because there was less dead space. There was a lot of places in the desert where you're just like, I'm in a desert. Oh, good lord, no. <laughs> um, I did like Shiveria, but like that is as linear as it gets i mean like the the people in that world are super cute they're super cute that's and, probably the only reason why that and the fact that's called shiveria yeah. really and they cute. and they really like and you know they like you and stuff and you get to be one of them to do like this cool little like ricochet race you that was know really interesting i you know what i did like that and yeah. in fact i did like the world it was also very linear but we've kind of gone past that yeah um you know trying fine. to make this like really open world so i really did like that i don't know if i have any will to go back to it though the music was cool. I really liked the music in there. It had like that sort of Irish jig feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the worlds were either okay or good lord, you yeah. know? Yeah. I I haven't beaten this game yet, full disclosure. But I, I when I was going through the worlds, I was like, you know, this world design isn't that much different or better than ukulele. Mm. And I was just like, yeah, this is basically the same sort of theory where there is a lot of open space. And people complain that ukulele was so open that it felt like there was nothing there. But I was just like, I don't understand how Mario Odyssey doesn't feel the same way. It, I, I don't think it feels that way in ukulele. And I don't think it feels that way in Mario Odyssey necessarily. Um, but when I was playing through, I was like, yeah, I can see a lot of the same design elements that you would use in ukulele, which was a 3D platformer that everyone poo-pooed. And I was just like, I don't quite, mm. it just felt like a 3D platformer world design. There wasn't anything that was like, wow, Mario really pushed the boundaries here. Like the forest world was like completely forgettable. Mm. Man, that world was just like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, What did you get to be in that world? Like The stretchy legs. (sighs) (laughs) I thought the stretchy legs were the best part of an otherwise forgettable world. Yeah. Well, you got to be a tank too. I thought those were cool. Uh, Yeah. I liked New Donk a lot, actually. I hung out in New Donk quite a bit. Um. I felt like the towers were a lot of fun to climb and like jumping from one to the other. It was a little bit with like, like the Spider-Man. little with the little twangy things. Not even like the twang, but like you would ride the electrical thing up to the top, and oh, then yeah. there, you could just like see the whole city, and there was a lot of places to go. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was neat. Um, so that world was nice, but they were really interspersed with a lot of worlds that were like okay, like whatever. I don't, I don't care that much. <laughs> and then we didn't even talk about the rabbits. Oh, the the rabbits. The bunny brutals. <sighs> Whatever. so weird. I went, like... It why are really, these not the Koopa Kids? No. Why are they not just the Koopa Kids? Yeah, why like, are they not the Koopa Kids? We've already established in, this Mar- in the Mario world that continuity is not a thing. <laughs> so what's the big deal with having the Koopa Kids come back? Like, yeah. Um, the Brutals, whatever. They're bosses. They're, you, like, they're, fought them multiple times. They were always, like, exactly the same. And you're, yeah. Not that they weren't a little tough, 
but they weren't any different ever and their and design it, yeah. was boring it was the, it was the same sort of thing you needed to use your hat to like beat their hat <laughs> so that it like exposed their head and you stomped on them how many times dave uh, three. Oh. <laughs> um and so yeah the brutals were were the bosses but you were like who are you guys like yeah. why couldn't you have been enemies that we know of? for a game that's so like and it was very important to them to be nostalgic to us. Mm, that's true. You'd think they would have brought in Koopalings yeah. or like, oh, I don't know. I would have taken the, the teeth piano as the boss <laughs> from Mario 64. A lot of the aesthetics of this game felt very much like 3D World. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Yeah. It, which is interesting to me that they didn't try to do things a little bit more differently. There were a lot of like plain uh, uh, primary colors. A lot of screens that were just red or a lot of things that were just a primary color, which was very much like 3D World, which was interesting because previously they'd really tried to change up the aesthetics in like every... Super Mario 64 does not look like Super Mario Sunshine. Super Mario Sunshine is very different. Super Mario Sunshine does not feel like Super Mario Galaxy. Super Mario Galaxy is very different. Mm -hmm. And it was cool returning to that flavor in Super Mario 3D World, but they just kind of stayed there. A lot of the bosses feel like they could have fit into 3D World, and the bosses in 3D World weren't that yeah, great to begin with. Yeah, you're right. In terms of either battle or design, so it was just kind of like, okay, we didn't really go anywhere here, and and they're okay, but they didn't do anything. Yeah, new. you're right. So uh, that was a little weird too. Um, so, man, this is, it's not fun talking bad on a mario game this is for those of you who think that we're just grumpy old men who like bashing on things it's not fun it is really hard for me nowadays and and maybe this has something to do with me to find a video game that really pulls me in that like gets me in that same spot like since i've been married i could probably count them on maybe two hands like i don't know if i'd even need the second one but i was really excited for this one and it, it didn't it didn't meet up. It's just a Mario game. And when my little niece and nephew are like, oh, play Mario, play Mario. They want to watch me play Mario. I'm just like, I don't want to do it. And that's sad. Like, and when I do All do right, it, I'll boot feels- up Mario 64. No, Odyssey. <laughs> no, kids, I'll show you a good game. No, Odyssey. It's, it's hard because it feels like a chore. And I never thought I'd say that about a Mario game. Uh, yeah. It's one of those things also where, like, because it has such positive hype, we're just sort of like, wait, no. You feel like there's something wrong with you, and it makes you feel sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess is the best way. Because you feel like you're missing out on something. Like, you're missing out on something that's great, and you're like, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I not yeah, enjoying this? Yeah. Like, so understand. So when you send us your hate stuff, like, understand that we're already questioning why we feel this way. <laughs> we're not happy about it. It's not fun for us to bash on Pokemon Sun and Moon or Mario Odyssey. It's just it was kind a of... little fun to bash on Sun and okay, Moon. Okay, it was actually. <laughs> but understand that it's a little sad for us on the inside. So, and it's. I'm I am sad. probably going to pick up Odyssey again in the future, but suffice it to say that Splatoon Two has had my time <laughs> more often. And if I boot up my my switch and I see the, you know the two options there right now of Splatoon and Odyssey, where do you think I'm gonna go? You're gonna go to Splatoon. Of course I am. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what it boils down to. Yeah. I don't even have this on my Wii U or my Switch yet, and I, I need to get it. I'm kind of waiting for the update. But I can say the same thing about like Stardew Valley. If I booted up my Switch and saw Stardew Valley and Mario Odyssey, I'm gonna I'm gonna play some, uh, Stardew Valley. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just like, or even Sonic. Uh, Ooh. The Sonic, uh, I already forgot. Sonic Mania. That game was really Ouch. good. Sonic Mania was really good, though. Like, Ouch. the game is awesome. <laughs> so, there you go on that. But oh boy, <laughs> it's back. Well, Mario sh- versus Sonic. Oh, we, should, we should go. We should go before <laughs> we should go before the pitchforks start knocking on my door. Oh boy. Alrighty. Thanks for joining us for another depressing video game rant. <laughs> uh, special thanks again to uh, Danny Barrett Huber for the artwork. And for the uh, combined efforts of uh, Rob KTA, Expert Novice, and OC Remix for the intro and outro music. Uh, Hopefully with us having these switches, um, we'll be able to start maybe talking about other games that are coming out, maybe other high-profile games out in the future. Yeah, we'll see. It'd be be awesome. We were going to do a standalone episode of the Switch, but it probably doesn't deserve that. Um, So um, look out for that. Maybe if another huge title is going to come out, we'll start talking about that. Like if they do another Smash Bros. for it, we'll see what happens. Oh, absolutely. We'll be in on that. Uh, But until then, uh, we will see you guys on the next one. Take care.